0: Hello and this week's sports Zone on on Salford City Radio. I'm Rob Parkson and I'm here talking all things sports in Salford and beyond. We've got a couple of big interviews for you to enjoy on this week's show, but first we've got all the big news in the sporty week in Salford and Beyond. So we'll start with the football. And Manchester United, two wins uh, this week for them. They beat Barcelona in the Europa League. Uh, they won 2-1 at Old Trafford. Great result for Ten Hag's men. They are in the hat for the next round where they'll face Real Betis. Uh, so I'm sure they'll be fancying their chances after that result. Obviously, Barcelona are a very good team but they are in the Europa League with Manchester United and to get a 2-1 victory at home to send them through to the next round uh, is very, very impressive. And they back that up with a EFL uh, Cup win, beating Newcastle at Wembley 2-0. Casemiro and a bottom-and-own goal was enough for 10 Hags men. A six-year wait for a trophy. The last trophy win for Manchester United was 2017 with Jose Mourinho in the Europa League. So, 10 Hags men will be pleased that they've got off the mark and uh, with a 2-0 win against Newcastle. The team uh, that day uh, on Sunday was De Gea in goal. Dalet, Veran, Martinez and Shaw was in the defence. Fred and Casimiro were in midfield. Anthony, Fernandez, Ratchford, and Weyhorst out uh, front. But it was great result for Ten Hag, obviously, with the 30,000 United fans. Packing Wembley out, uh, celebrating. Obviously, Newcastle. You know their wait for a trophy goes on, but they are a good team and, and they are building very well. With you know lots of money involved there at Newcastle. Now I'm sure they will come again and uh, be competing for more trophies in the future. The fixtures for Manchester United this week: they play West Ham in the FA Cup on Wednesday there at home, and then they mark the the bitter rivals Liverpool. They go to Anfield on Sunday, um, so that will be a tough contest, obviously. Uh, Liverpool uh, drawing 0-0 this week uh, we'll be uh, you know looking to get back to winning ways but Manchester United on a run of good form after two good wins, will fancy, ch- f- fancy their chances uh, going to Anfield this week. Manchester City were in action as well uh, this week, they were in Champions League action and drew 2-2 with RP Leipzig, and then they were back in Premier League action and won 4-1 away at Marmuth, Erling Haaland on the score sheet. Uh, again, 27th goal of the season uh, for him. Obviously, Man City are a very good team, but him being involved in that team, plenty of goals, plenty of chances, and he's certainly uh, finding the net lots lot since his debut season at the Etihad. It's been a great season, obviously. They are still behind Arsenal. Arsenal still top of the table, but I'm sure Pep Guardiola's team will be looking to to put pressure on Arsenal in the, in the coming weeks. City have a game against Bristol City in the FA Cup on Tuesday. They're away there and then they face uh, Newcastle at the Etihad on Saturday. Another big game for Pep Guardiola's men. Obviously, they need to keep winning with Arsenal. uh, Currently top of the Premier League and uh, hopefully, like I say, they can pass them, uh, keep winning and hope that Arsenal drop off. Talking about the Premier League, we'll just quickly run through the table. Arsenal are top with 57 points. Manchester City with 55 uh, points. Manchester United League in third place on 49 points. Tottenham Hotspur are in fourth on 45 points. Newcastle United are in fifth on 41 points and uh, Fulham are in sixth on 39 points. Liverpool are currently seventh with 36 points. Uh, Brighton Hove Albion 35 points in eight. Brentford are ninth with 35 points and uh, Chelsea are Tenth with 31 points. Obviously, in the relegation battle, Southampton, Bournemouth, and Everton are currently in the bottom three. With Leeds a point outside the relegation zone, and West Ham a point above them as well. So it's really, you know, tough at the bottom. You know, five six teams could go down there. So it could be a dramatic uh, few weeks to come in the Premier League. Let's talk about Salford City. They were in action uh, this weekend away at Mansfield and won 5-2. They were 2-1 up at half-time. Matty Lund with two goals. Callum Henry, Luke uh, Bolton and Theo Vassell were also the goal scorers for Salford City. they currently placed 6th in the league. Five points off automatic promotion. Uh, I'm sure they'll be looking to uh, continue the good form and push for an automatic berth. They play Barrow away on Tuesday and they play Newport or home on Saturday. So, uh, just hopefully, like I say, a big crowd down there at the Pen- Peninsula Stadium and, uh, So, to continue their winning ways and push for an automatic promotion spot. It was a six nations weekend in the rugby union, and uh, Italy faced Ireland at home and lost 34 points to 20. England were away in Wales and won 20 points to 10. There was a bit of controversy in the week with Wales uh, potentially uh, striking, but they decided to play the game but went down to defeat 20 points to 10. France were victorious. Uh, They beat Scotland 31. Points to 21, so it's been a really exciting Six Nations uh, weekend. Uh, Ireland at top of the table with 15 points. Scotland, England, and France uh, are on 10 points. Italy at one point, and Wales have no points at the moment. The next round of fixtures will take place on the 11th of March. Italy face Wales. England play, France and Scotland play, Ireland. So I'm sure all six teams will be looking to get a result there. Let's move on to the Rugby League now and Solford Devils. They were in action on Thursday night. At the A.J. Belt, they played Hull Kingston Rovers and lost 10 points to 24. Obviously, Paul Rowley's men won one lo- lost one so far this season. Disappointing result. Obviously, Hull Kingston Rovers had a very good team. They asked plenty of questions uh, of that Salford uh, team, but unfortunately, Paul Rowley's men just didn't have the answers, unfortunately, but it's still early in the season. There was a great crowd, 5,500 people at the A.J. Belt. in Manchester United were playing Barcelona on the same night two miles up the road so it was a great turnout for all the, uh, the Salfordians there supporting Paul Rowley's men and I'm sure there'll be a, you know better days to come uh, following uh, Salford Red Devils we, me and Paul Whiteside spoke to Paul Rowley after the game and this is what he had to say Defeat tonight Paul obviously disappointing uh, but hopefully you can sort of learn from that
1: Oh yeah, we can learn from how OKR applied to self. I think that's probably the biggest lesson. Uh, I think everybody should leave will look at OKR and be be, uh, admiring what they're about. Uh, For us, we know what we're about. I can't really beat anybody with a big stick. I I don't think there's ever a shortage of commitment, but... um, like I said before, some immaturity in the way we went about our business. I thought. Are they
0: kind of maybe our bogey team? Was last
1: season similar? Seem to similar be, similar? yeah, they seem to be. So uh, uh, I, I don't think it, last season was similar performance. I think the performance today had a lot of art and spirit and, and hard work in it, but um, certainly s- similar in. In errors, I guess if that if that's what we're gonna compare. Yeah, obviously, like you say, made made a few a few errors. Um, obviously, as a coach, how do you, how do
0: you fix that? Is it you know, talk to players or do work harder or
1: what? <laughs> yeah, just uh, like I said before, fix the detail, and then if the detail's right, the errors don't come. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 not as it's not as easy as just saying catch the ball you know It's uh, I think it's just re- respecting possession sometimes and, and being a little bit more disciplined in, uh, in how we go about our business
0: Warranty next week opportunity
1: to bounce back? Uh, well always yeah um, it's, it's just moving on to another tough game isn't it and they're all tough and, and uh, they could all be daunting or be, they can all be exciting prospects uh, so we've got a group that look forward to things and, and work hard so we'll 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 have honest uh, reviews and, and we'll move on to that I'd like to say, Paul Rowley joins me for the first time this season. I've not been avoiding you, Paul. I've yeah. just not had the pleasure to bump into you, but how do you sum that up tonight? A frustrating night for you? Yeah, too many errors. said uh, to everybody else. So, uh, execution off in the first half. We needed more points to show for our endeavour. Uh, we, you know, we worked extremely hard in the first half, but uh, just execution was, uh, unlike, unlike us, was just a little bit off. We picked the wrong options at the wrong time. Um, yeah, and, and some of our detail were off. So, but then going into the second half, I think sheer weight of territory and possession through our fault. Uh, I don't think they forced uh, Our own fault. Our own. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a discipline, isn't it, to, to when to pass and when not? Uh, I thought some of it were really sloppy there, and it culminated in us uh, cracking to a three times defensively. And, and again, territory and sheer weight of possession will always get you, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, so, uh, but yeah, credit to OKR. I thought they were very good, as expected, uh, and there's a lesson in uh, there for us all. Yeah, I mean, the, the game started at a blistering pace, didn't it really? You moved the ball out wide, but did that affect you with only scoring one try? Did you need to score a few more points than you think in that first half? Because OKR sort of stuck with the, the arm wrestle, didn't they? And, uh, yeah. they? They were solid, weren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah the Lights would have scored more points, but ultimately, if we'd have come out and done exactly the same in the second half, you know we'd have we'd have come out winning, wouldn't we? So, but we didn't. We didn't respect the ball. Uh, and okay, I've got some good players. Game, their game management was fantastic. Uh, they had uh, huge completion numbers. They were they were fantastic in that respect. Kept played a simple game, uh, but they're a good team and. Uh, you know, uh, he, the scramble was fantastic. We, you know, were fractured on two or three occasions, and you don't see many teams, you know, chase, put you down, or you know, rescue situations like they did. So they're a good team. Everyone, uh, you know, needs to understand that as well. But uh, yeah, we we we'd like to think that uh, our detail would be better going forward. You picked any knocks up today because I know it's Alex Gerrard didn't play much today. Is he? Is he yeah. Got a bit of a knock. He went in with it with a knock, but we've got no other middles. Oh, I thought so, that, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Game two, and, and that's where we're at. So you know we're in a, we've got some really good things going on at Salford with our re-signs and that. But uh, you know the one thing we've not got is squad depth. Uh, it's it, actually quite different than the people who we played today. That the one thing they have got is squad depth. So. Uh, they're a good team, okay. So uh, we've got to take our hats off to to their their team, their their squad, and and uh, you know now they go back to business. So they're probably very good. You've got a week off now. You've got eight days. Warrington away. It doesn't get any easy. I
2: don't think there's any easy games in Super League. No. They
1: proved that last week against. Us, yeah, it's not a week off. It's a week of work ready for Warrington. So uh, yeah, like I said, we've not had Super League. Now we were all looking forward to it starting. Now we're right in the mix again, aren't we? So uh, thick and fast, no time to breathe and. Uh, you know, it doesn't get an easier trip to Warrington with uh, well, a new team. So, and uh, in, in, in on the evidence of last week, from what Warrington showed, they're probably the form team uh, of the round work. So, yeah. Are you glad it's, it's back, easier. though, Paul? You love it, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I love talking to you guys. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for speaking to us, Paul. Cheers, I'll man. see you next week, buddy. Like I said, the attendance
0: at the AJ Bell was 5,500 against Hull Kingston Rovers. And that is a very impressive attendance for them Manchester United were playing Barcelona on the same night, two miles away. Would have pleased the. Director of rugby, Ian Bleas, and I got a chance to speak to him and Ellis Longstaff, one of Solford's new signings at the uh, media day last couple of weeks ago. And uh, this is what they had to say building up to the uh, 2023 season. Looking forward to 2023?
2: Yeah, slightly different feelings this year. I'm just saying it. more excitement, probably, than nervousness. And that's probably some of the stuff that we we did last year as a team. So, yeah, I'm really excited. But I do think also it'll be a probably the toughest Super League comp might have seen this year because I think when you look at the squads and the, the work that the owners have done in the past few months some of them made some really good signings and I don't think there's that many weak teams in there and there'll be teams who didn't go so well last year I'm not picking on a name and Warrington home teams like that KR even to some extent will be hoping that they have more successful years this year so yeah. it'll be a tough one
0: we had a super successful season last season is the t- sort of the challenge to go again It's obviously we have expectations is that expectation mm-hmm. level rose
2: a little bit I think that's amongst the group they'll tell you that they expect themselves to perform well which they did I wouldn't say we had super success last year because we are not won anything have we and I keep saying that to the agents when they're trying to crank up the volume uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not won anything guys come on but, but, but we are we played, uh, I said it before we played a, tr- a tremendous brand of rugby last year I think unique Amongst Super League for the last few years I think Rose and the coaching staff have got them playing really really well and it was great to see one and it. it was just hopefully you're right keeping that or setting that standard from last year if we could achieve that again and we'll maybe go one better one never knows
0: our season ticket sales yeah
2: good mate yeah i think i think we're above last year so but we still need we still need extra to compete and if you look at the future with img involved now etc we've got to raise the bar as a club and we all know that so that'll be something we're all looking to do over the next few years or whatever it takes
0: obviously img visions don't they about what rugby league is and obviously we're hoping we're going to be involved in that yeah Uh, but obviously on the field we've taken all the boxes with with semi-final appearances and and uh, playoff spots and then off the field we've got the community stuff going as well so Surely we're a here.
2: <laughs> exciting times, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, from where we've come from, in a way, no disrespect to previous or whatever, we've come a long way. we still a long way to go because IMG are raising that bar, and it's great to see. I think, and it's probably what the game. Well, it's not probably. It, it, it is what the game has needed. Or, uh, has has done for a long time in my eyes. So it'll be exciting to see what they come up with. We've not got the criteria yet for who's going to be A, B, C, C's, whatever it is. So we'll we'll take that. I know I'm confident with the of people in the club now we can look at that and we can sort of like strategize on what we're going to do and yeah the on-field stuff's good but you do need the off the off field to all come together as well yeah
0: obviously we say we're, so we're negotiating with the stadium about getting a better, better deal is that top sort of most important negotiation you're going to be having in 2020 yeah it
2: won't yeah it won't, it won't won't be easy to have them discussions either will it because you've still got third passes involved and i, don't, I don't know paul king and the board of it will be having them conversations to, to, to get it right for us and I'm just happy we're not going to More Lane. Right. And I've said that from day one, I think. So it's no secret, is it, that no. I, I didn't want to go there. So is that dead in the water that I, I, I think you just never know in this game, do you? Sports, no. Sport and business is a wonderful thing and it changes overnight. But I just couldn't see our future there. That, mm. that was just me, my personal view. So I'm more than happy to be staying at the Salford City Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll see, and we'll hopefully build a, a better future there
0: yeah opportunities there obviously we you know with with the club growing off the field with ladies teams physical disability teams learning disabilities teams, now a wheelchair team as well we're real community real communicable
2: club. yeah it's, it's gonna be something special if everything comes together it'll be really really special to be a part of and on the back of that you've got the IMG and what's gonna happen with the academy systems I don't know yet but that'll be hopefully we can tag along with that which mm. I'm really excited about and getting a complete pathway for our youth and our surrounding areas bringing the kids in from the surrounding area so that's something that really excites me that
0: yeah we've talked to Paul Rowley before about the different sort of categories of players going to be available the ones in America the ones in Australia the, the local ones the Welsh ones Red Star Belgrade <laughs> you know we, we've got a, a vast amount of players to pick from yeah in the next sort of five ten
2: years yeah I agree but also we can't lose focus on the on, the, on kids in Salford either can we that's what no. I'm really I'm not over keen on that more than others, but it's been a passion of mine since I came back to make sure we actually get a, a really true pathway for the city and surrounding areas, to be fair. And then we get the kids of of playing with rugby balls and coming through our systems, and that's something that we we'll work on. That bit really excites me, because I want to see the youths playing rugby league and coming through our systems and making first grade. I know that's a, been a pipe dream for a while now, but I want to see it before I die. <laughs> 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 oh, that's all, that's all <laughs> no pressure. No, no but pressure it
0: though. is exciting obviously like you said, we you know with the schools and, and you know the foundation lads all getting involved in that and, and sort of growing the club and, and that's and that is what it's all about really. We're an opportunity club, whether you're
2: you know, America or whether you're in
0: West, you know, we'll give you that opportunity to play. Yeah, we've always we've always
2: Of people that we, you know, will give you an opportunity without, so we stand by that. We will do, I think, for a long time because I think opportunities in life are hard to come by. And when you get given them, you should grasp them. And that's what we've been trying to do with our our squads and players over the years. But now it's developing into, like you said, the ladies, the PDRL, etc. And I'm really keen on, obviously, as I've said, getting that sort of like academy system back in at some point depending mm. on what IMG's rules and makeup is of that I'm really keen on focusing mm. on that in the next few years as well
0: and do you think we'll get a, a, a academy spot because like, I, I think <sighs> when we, we tried we got turned down by the yeah, NFL so. we put the
2: license application in the tremendous bid as well but we've, it was over ambitious they told us which which is fine I get that bit as well but don't know what they're going to come up with there's I mean, talk of various things but we'll wait and see and as i said before we've got enough good people in the club now to put a proper case into to whatever it might be to get that academy and then you can look at a different club as well again I think with that and a proper pathway that will please the head coach when we start bringing players through that that takes years I know it does but at least you've got to have that drive and ambition to get to that status
0: you need to tell them we're an opportunity club
2: yeah and, and give and, us uh, an opportunity and, 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 and <laughs> And we did do. You can imagine the bid we put in last time was all about that. Mm. And they said you were a little ambitious with your opportunities, what you think you're going to do. But if you're not ambitious in life, you might as well give up, aren't you? So I'm I'm excited to see what it all looks like, the IMG stuff. But uh, I'm also becoming impatient now. (laughs) I think it needs to come out quick now. so And I know a few people have said that in the press, but I'm one of them now. Right, let's get on with it. You're in now. Let's get get cracking with it all. Brilliant. Cheers. Talk to
3: us, Ian, and good luck. Cheers. All the best.
0: So we're joined by Ellis Longstaff Welcome to Salford, how do you feel?
3: Yeah mate, buzzing to be been really good so far So I can't wait to get started with the season What excites you most about the move to Salford? Just the potential of the team really After obviously seeing what they did last year We're uh, really looking forward to uh, kick on in 2023 And hopefully bring some silverware back Describe yourself as a player for our listeners I'd say I'm young, exciting and just hard work Hard work yeah, and work ethic Yeah, So that's me as a player
0: How's uh, pre-season gone for you?
3: Yeah, it's been really good. Being different, obviously, getting to know the boys and getting to know the coaches and building combinations. But I really enjoyed it so far. So I can't wait. Like I said, can't wait for the season to start.
0: Obviously, we were very successful that last season, reaching the semi-final. You're here now, hoping
3: that we'll we'll go one step further. Yeah, 100%. Seeing the potential of the group and what the players can do, and hopefully the players that they've brought in, we can add some impact to this team and take it one step further. Obviously, how does so compare to the other clubs you've been to? yeah it's different the philosophy how the play is completely different i really like it i think it suits my game more so obviously i'm really looking forward to starting and and see where it can go
0: what position are you looking
3: at failing in back row but i'm easier, i don't mind playing in the centres bit versatile so wherever i end up i'm not too bothered as long as i'm in the team it's uh, really irrelevant to me to be honest a
0: lot of competition in this, in this squad is, is that a part you, you came to come test yourself
3: yeah 100 There there is a lot of competition but it's health competition we're always pushing each other for places and pushing each other in training which i think is really good and it's only going to make me a better player as i'm only young so competing with some older senior lads is a good thing for me and a good thing for them too
0: is that obviously great that there is experienced lads in here like adam Sidlow and the players that have got experience that you can learn off
3: yeah 100 percent Sidlow's is great and and obviously there's quite a few of them that are old and ex- older and experienced and they've really helped me in the pre-season and just learning a bit off them is really good so hopefully they'll be crucial in my development. What's your rugby league background obviously where you know you amateur days and all that? I started off at Kipax when I was about a 10 11 year old I used to play football before that and then I joined Wigan on scholarship and then went to Warrington Foot Academy and then been at Warrington and then obviously went on loan to Hull back in the last year and then Blown this year to Salford so that's that's one of the league story. Really. So it's
0: not opportunity club really giving you opportunity to come play Super League
3: and hopefully test yourself against the the best. Yeah, 100%. It's uh, Rolls has given me the opportunity to come here, and I'm I'm gonna grab it with both hands, and we're looking forward to it. So uh, thank him and the coach staff for getting me in, obviously, for this year. What do you make of Paul Rowley and his his ways so far? He's a uh, a brilliant coach. His his philosophy. I've never had a coach that likes to play the way he does, and it really suits my game and how I like to play. So I'm just picking his brains as much as I can. I know he, he loves. He loves the game, so it's really helping me.
0: Yeah, we like to call it rally ball on on, on podcasts. He likes to throw the ball about. It's
3: expansive, and that's the kind of you know game you like to play. Yeah, hundred percent fast, fast foot speed, fast leg speed, and going on the edge of his, edge of him and attacking quickly. So uh, yeah, I think it'll uh, suit my game.
0: Our final interview of the show is with the CEO of the Cophead RLFC. Uh, ceo curtis goddard who tells us all about the link up they have with the soft devils and the future plans they have for both themselves and soft devils enjoy i'm joined by curtis goddard the ceo of copheads rlfc welcome to the show curtis you're looking forward to talking all about the copheads and your link up with soft devils
4: absolutely rob thank you for having me on the show
0: Brilliant. So we'll start with your club. Tell us all about your club. Yeah.
4: So we started a few years ago after I came back from Australia. I was fortunate enough several years ago to win a national championship with Boston and be seen through our USA versus Canada friendly, what we call the Colonial Cup at that time. I had 18 offers after I put my film up on Luke Sharma Rugby League. I kind of got into a bidding war and then ended up at the Canberra Cup competition. And then spent about, it was about a season there and then did a North America or South America game where Aaron Zimmerl, who's the Canadian national team head coach, selected the domestic guys and a lot of our heritage guys to play. It was a partnership through the Penrith Panthers and we played at St. Mary's ground there in Western Sydney. And fortunately enough, stood out and got an offer to, to trial with the Tweedhead Seagulls ended up training on there. There's like 120 guys in their camp and ended up getting signed. Unfortunately, Australia and their visa process and the, the front office of the Seagulls kind of mishandled the ball there, dropped it on the floor. And me and unfortunately another Fijian prop had our visa applications a screwed up and we had to go home and the dream was over. But my dream, I think, continued because through that opportunity, that missed opportunity for my, myself and my own kind of selfish view, it was an opportunity to grow the game and so i started the copperheads and with rodriguez caesar and sterling win both were toronto trialists also rodriguez played the same year i did in australia in a different competition in naruma and and we started the club and then it's kind of been no looking back from there southwest florida is a great market you know athletic market our whole goal was to make millions of dollars because we don't have it, and that's not possible. <laughs> but uh, our our goal was to shine a light on Southwest Florida, and help our guys be noticed, and for them to start their rugby league jir- journeys here, and then utilize the connections that were kind of new pathways and things that we had as kind of as pioneers from the USA game with like Luke Sharma and several other folks in the in the space to get out into that market and get our guys out and and go achieve something so that's kind of like the the root or the foundation of the club and we just had some lucky breaks facilities wise every year improving the facility and then this last year playing at the new i think it was 45 million dollar paradise coast sports complex with a video board and all this other stuff and really putting our game on the right platform so we just keep growing and, and keep promoting our folks it's kind of been our goal how was the
0: sort of competition set up in, in the league? Is it one big league or do you have multiple sort of leagues like they do in the NFL? Yeah, so
4: the USARL, when I played, was like, I believe it was like a 16-team comp. Yeah. And it was all pretty much East Coast and, you know, kind of convincing friends that you play rugby union with to start a club and be within driving distance of like a little group or a division yeah, so you yeah. could play yeah. within driving distance. And, and the, the competition was was growing before I went to... Australia. But when I came back, it was just took a step back. And so where we are currently is we're now the Florida teams who've always performed pretty well and and stayed at the top of the ladder and things. Jacksonville, Tampa have remained and we're there also. COVID just absolutely hurt a lot of the North teams, some of that stuff. And so it's been now kind of rebuilding with the new IRL guidance and the governance model changing. We had a weird governance and political structure for the USARL. With them changing that, my hope is that people that join the fold, grow the comp again. One of the little pockets or areas that we ha- have firmly online is Pacific Coast Rugby League. And so those guys were spun out of like the CRL, and that's in the San Diego, LA area, and with other teams looking to join I think the U- Utah team had recently put their hand up after doing a, a tournament and the-, the jackpot not getting paid out and stuff. So by the other entity. So yeah, so we're kind of a bit of a mess on that side. And, um, but what's really cool is that we're able to focus on what we can control, right? Which is Copperheads, Florida rugby league and uh, in our partnership. So our lucky breaks that we've been having and as far as facilities are concerned.
0: Yeah, fair. You did say that in your area, was it in Florida, that you produced, reduced 80%, was it, of, of the NFL players? So it shows that you've got a massive market of players there to get into the game. That's right, yeah. A
4: quick Google by any of your listeners, uh, trying to figure out where in the Southwest Florida is, it's Naples, Fort Myers area, which is, if you look at the state, kind of anything, if you split down the state in the middle the bottom part of Lake Okeechobee, everything west that kind of covers Clewiston and Belglades and Immokalee and everything west. The, the amount of NFL athletes that come from just our portion is what at one time was like 30 or 40% of the NFL athletes came out of it, but out of South Florida as a whole. So everything from the river South covering Miami and, and Palm Beach and those areas as well. At one time in the 90s, was almost 80% of NFL athletes came from wow. South Florida being selected in the draft. We grow them big, we grow them strong, and, and our folks are fast. The, the speed is, is real, the size is real, the strength is real. And what's really crazy is only 0.01% of college athletes even so much as get an opportunity to, to look in the draft. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of folks after their college journey has ended, come home with the end of their their athletic road at the age of 23 and uh, just uh, still a a bundle full of athletic potential and no kind of direction to reapply that. Arena football used to be popular in the state and has died down. They have their own kind of issues and organizational issues and finance issues and has grown and died. And it's kind of left those athletes with like, well, if I want to be active and as, you know, be in my working career, what, what are my options? So it leads them back to our game.
0: Mm. So obviously the name of the game really is to tap into that quality of player who, who have sort of, like you say, ended their NFL journey. And is, is there ways you can sort of tap into that? Have you sort of experienced that there is players out there who are willing to get involved in the transition?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So the partnership before and after the partnership, PAP, or however you want to say it, there's, it's unreal what having an actual pathway, a realistic pathway, where if you're a pedigree college athlete who came back home to Southwest Florida, and is looking for a job in that market, and saying, okay, what am I going to do with my athletic talent, and seeing where we've had media coverage now, within our local news market, which Our game of rugby has existed, I think, over 60 years in Southwest Florida, rugby in general, Mm -hmm. Uh, rugby only the last five. And we've been able to, to garner that local media attention through ABC7 and NBC2 and because of the opportunity to do this. And the word is getting out. The last year was our first year we made not only a jump in facility, but I came out of my own pocket to pay each player 50 bucks a game. And a very small investment has led to Something from where we were 20 to 30 players, kind of in that area the previous year before the partnership. After having over 40 players on our roster battling for positions with an increasing athletic skill set, and I think every year that this partnership continues, we're only going to find better and better players. And so it's it's going to be a really awesome pipeline for us, offered and for taking a chance on us, um, even though there's some restrictions with the super league as it relates to
0: import players hmm. obviously we talk about sort of restrictions I suppose you're hoping that if you know this should becomes a success and super league see that and think let's try and invest into the into american rugby league and, and try and get more players in, in involved which will help both the domestic game us as well super league europe and also the international game too
4: that's right and what's really cool, if you want to say investment is concerned, it's it's obviously the partnership and the, the opening of the doors mm. for them to come and join for 10 days. Like we have planned to train for a week over three sessions, join the, the friendly match against Swinton. It's the for trust, for welcoming in our player so they don't have that expense. But he's paying for his own flights. Like mm. this is not a high cost thing. And it helps the game grow here and also helps potentially find Paul Rowley says a rough diamond. And it makes a lot of sense. Yes. There could be some rules that if modified have changed like the hundred thousand pound kind of salary rule for import player we're, we're tier two or even viewed as a tier three country. These are Australians that you're loading up and it's different and it's helped growing the international game. And if they treat it a little bit differently, uh, when an injury bugs hit kind of halfway, three fourths of the way through the season, and it's not a, a financial, a massive financial impact to pull up a guy who's worked hard on the reserve grade and has and stayed and, and worked there for a year, that could, the, the partnership could really grow then. But right now, even despite those obstacles, Salford has still made the commitment to work with us and and to give our guys an experience that they'll never forget. They'll never forget this. This was going to be probably one of the biggest moments in their lives. And gratefulness and appreciation. I wish there were more words and better, more eloquent words for it. But that that's what you're going to get from guys that are coming from a, a more impoverished market within Southwest Florida, going to the UK and working hard to, to earn a spot with their athletic gifts. Yeah, Rio Sweet is
0: coming over for it for a trial from yourselves too. So can you tell us a bit about him?
4: Yeah, so he's just been an amazing kid. He's well mannered. He respects his mother, Victoria, who's been a big part of the, his support and his journey. So Nickley is is unmatched. He's eighteen years old. He's six two, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Does that think about fifteen stones if I did mm-hmm. the yeah, if we did the conversion correctly. Yeah. NFL-wise, if you guys follow NFL Times, that he he runs about a four six forty, so he can move for how big he is. And every single game, his attitude towards you know considering his you know the the two factors that we look for that we advertise that what we want in a Copperhead is someone with work ethic and someone that's coachable. And so we think he definitely checks both of those boxes. And to see his progression in his very first year rugby league, after being a, a highly touted rugby union star for his, in the under-18 group, he, he made the under-18 U.S. Eagles on the rugby union side. He has a scholarship to Couset University, his commitment to rugby at a young age, and, and obviously his stature. We didn't send over a slouch, that's for sure. And so I, th- I think you guys are going to be really impressed by this young man.
0: Yeah, on the podcast, we like to to call Salford the Opportunity Club. And uh, this is what this is. It's an opportunity for Rio to, to come over and show us what he's got. And obviously, you know, whatever happens, he'll take this experience back with him and he'll become a better player for it.
4: Absolutely, his mindset too. When I asked him about, "Are you excited?" He said, "Honestly, I just want to go over and train for a week and see what a professional facility and coaching experience is like." He has absolutely no ex- expectations to even potentially place Winton or any of that stuff. Like he's just excited to go learn. And at a young age, like 18, how many more times will he be our to- you know one of our top players? How many more times could we send them back? How much development can we do within that time period? Who knows? And then how many other people he has the right attitude when it comes to this opportunity? Um, His expectations are low and he just wants to work hard. And I think those are the kind of folks that you want, you know, at, at Salford, hard workers and people that understand that things are just given to you other than this opportunity. It's not, again, not a contract opportunity to just go there and give it a crack. And I think... Paul's hitting the nail on the head as far as what kind of culture that he's building, because culture and those little things, when the chips are down and the scoreline's not near advantage, those things are what show up late in games when it matters. And I think you saw that last year when you guys made it to the playoffs and made a big push what
0: all the star players should be looking out for for, for the carpets
4: yeah that's what's really great about this partnership is we have this year right and unfortunately i think we inv- and ultimately invited our our top 10% of our roster to go trade on and you know just professional lives with work and family obligations here they several had to decline but as we continue the partnership we're going to specifically find more and more folks that not only are, are good or better than our current top 10%, but are just absolutely chomping at the bit to become a professional athlete. And I think you're going to see more and more folks pick their hand up out of the Southwest Florida community and play with us, start the rugby league journey here and run for a spot. Our top players from this season, to specifically answer your question, one who actually made the U.S. national team for our friendly against Canada, Rashad uh Rashad, he was absolutely special. You won't believe it, but another inch and another 30 pounds on Reardon. Unfortunately, his reason, obviously, he has five children. So he's a committed father, wasn't able to take the opportunity from, from that alone, but then recently learned that he had blood clots in his lungs that even with treated tr- treatment that he had, he had done previously, wasn't, wasn't working the way he needed to and was hospitalized for several days. And ultimately, it's kind of led to his retirement, unfortunately, when he was really just standing out on the pitch. But yeah, Richard Shelton, to kind of name that pedigree, also a very fast athlete, and his father actually played in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So just great lines athletically, and would have been a, another really awesome trialist, but unfortunately had to retire because of the blood clot issues. Um Anthony would have been great as well to have. I think we originally announced him going over. He was our import from Coogee, Australia. He played halfback for us, but he's a fullback by trade. And he just had a work opportunity that he just could not walk away from, that he didn't want to lose to trying to continue to chase his dream kind of later in age. And so he would have been excellent. We also have our top of our players player voting. Our number one player this year was Wes Piggins. He's also on a rugby union scholarship over at Life University in Marietta, Georgia, and was hands down our, our top player. He chose to take that opportunity and, and continue with his club because his rugby union club, who's responsible for his schooling, absolutely did not let him continue this path with the Red Devils, which, you know, we understand to a point. Given education and getting his degree was his priority. And then we also have, um, Shane Spring. He was actually a rugby union South African import who made the switch and making that switch to rugby league. He couldn't believe that this game existed. He didn't know where it was his whole life. And he was one of our standout players. So and also kind of how his visa things would work and stuff like that. Wasn't able to take the opportunity to come over. And then obviously Reardon being our top player was the other one. That was also considered for this opportunity, this go around, and obviously has taken that opportunity and is going to give it his best. So, um, you yeah, that's kind of been some of our top players and players that we continue watching with our club and also the interest of our exciting players moving forward. We had someone join, didn't play all the games in the season, but we also have an athlete that was an all American linebacker in college and so, someone who had prepared for the draft and never got the opportunity, never got the call up. And so we might see some things out of him. He's very keen for the opportunity, just a bit, still too a little bit too raw. And uh, several other athletes that have kind of popped up since this partnership has come up. And so it's been very beneficial to our club to offer this pathway
0: so what's your ambitions as a club for 2023 do you think you'll be competing for the championship yeah
4: so what's really great is since pacific rugby league has come online we're still holding out hope for the north uh to join the usarl under the the irl's governance reform but we definitely have an opportunity to have our florida rugby league competition play Southern California and San Diego there, LA and San Diego, the the winner of that competition, playing the winner of our competition for the national championship. And uh, I don't see why there's any reason with this partnership as it evolves to continue to help us climb the ladder. And uh, kind of interesting is in in our competition is the Jacksonville axemen. I think they're like the, one of the most winningest amateur clubs like in history or something like right up there with the all blacks and stuff. And several news outlets have, have covered the amount of games that they've won. And uh, I was really impressed with the guys, our last game of the year, starting the club and getting, you know, 80 and 90 milled down to, I think it was like a 16 point margin or something like that. That last game of the year at home just shows how much our guys have improved and how much the, this partnership means to our club and our ability to recruit athletes. It's just, it's been really awesome.
0: Off the field, how active are you in the, in the community that people of Florida got, got behind
4: you? Yeah, absolutely. We haven't got the gained the media attention and things that we believe the sport deserves as, as our ranks have grown on that side. And when we started this rugby league organization where we have uh, athletes that can play for the US and now have athletes that can go on to Salford We've really captured the community support just through people knowing that we exist and being in our community. And we've developed great partnerships with a lot of nonprofit entities. That's really helped us kind of gain a, f- a footing and attract a foothold in our community. And we've worked with a charitable organization standpoint. We've worked with the Chamber of Commerce's youth development program in business. We've worked with Habitat for Humanity. We've worked with several nonprofits in in our community. And that has really helped us, I think, in just being a community-driven club and being seen and doing collaborations with those folks as well. So hopefully that answers your question.
0: Yeah. At Salford, we've got a ladies team, a learning disabilities team, physical disabilities team, and also wheelchair team this year. Is that something you've got there or is that something you'd be looking to do in the future?
4: Yeah. So we actually have always had a ladies page up and with starting anything, you need a couple folks that are willing to do a little bit more than playing. Right. And for whatever reason, we haven't had that that initial lady or someone in the the, the disabled space come over and work the, the events and the social areas that you know, you would find those players, but we've always had a website. We've always encouraged uh, folks to reach out to us if they're interested and, uh, and it's kind of very chicken or the egg when we, when we first start. And so, but we would definitely like to, it would all be great. It's just, I think finding that key person that, that would like to like to do it. And and then obviously any partnership that we could have on those sides as well, was offered would be amazing. Um,
0: so yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, I suppose it's like short term, medium term, and long term <laughs> sort of ambitions that you've got. And obviously, you to grow the you know to grow the club, the sport needs to grow as well in America. We, we talked previously off air about sort of the teams that have sort of disappeared. Do, do you think? Are you hoping that they might return one day, and and the sport will grow even bigger?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if more teams had a similar partnership like we do with the Red Devils it creates a realistic performance pathway to an opportunity to trial and that helps us go from you know a, a saturday beer drinking kind of social sport with, that could could sometimes carry a bad reputation with people who run parks departments and school boards and stuff like that to to actually elevate ourselves as a proper sport. And, and I think if we were committed to growing the game and, and had these pathways, which again, aren't costing anybody, anything other than some time, you know, across all these teams and they all had kind of their super league sponsor, if you will, these pathways, like I I really think that we could have something really special going on in the U S and, and kind of build something proper.
0: Yeah. So you talk about sort of growing the game and it sounds like the facilities you got down there, are, are, are getting, you're talking about the, the sort of the pre-match entertainment in the, the tailgate in the car park and, and all that, which is what the, you do in the NFL. You know, it, it's something that it's a way of watching the game differently, I think, and obviously being involved in the game and hopefully getting the players into the system. And you're thinking sort of 10 years time for all goals, well, that you could be the real deal.
4: Yeah, that's it. Is committing ourselves to this growth, and just staying on track, and help people understand that there is something on offer—not just to begin the rugby league journey here with with the Copperheads, but that this journey could turn into something special if they're special. And and that ultimate incentive carries the weight to to find the athletes that we want to find and grow the sport the way we want to grow the sport. And so that's why I'll always be forever grateful for this opportunity. Yeah.
0: Internationally, how is the is the, the USA doing? I know, is it the USA Hawks and the, the national team? I know it's coached by ex-soft player Sean Ruggertson. Fantastic player for us when he played for us in the, I think it was the late 2000s. How was it going internationally over there?
4: Yeah. So we haven't done so well from a US perspective. Uh, obviously being resource-constrained, with the resource constraints and essentially inability to broaden in the team and to bring over all of our heritage players that we possibly could. We're, so money isn't an issue, but unfortunately it is. And so it's, that's been an uphill battle and all that. And I don't envy him or, or his position whatsoever because of a lot of the constraints that he's working with but i and then also there hasn't been organization from the usarl on pathways that that you know worked for myself and rodriguez and sterling and and several others that that we've established and are kind of even known throughout the competition it's been it's been pretty interesting kind of in that that microcosm of the U.S. national team. And that's also what's been great about the, this partnership is there's not a specific pathway through that kind of political entity that it like, has been especially pre-governance change because of how we were structured. And so being able to control what I can control and what software can control and not have to rely on something that is, was kind of broken and didn't make sense, you know, is, has been a real godsend. Mm. It sounds like the national game is a bit in transition at the moment.
0: And obviously with the World Cup coming up in France, do we have any kind of thoughts about that? Do you think we could, could possibly qualify if all the stars align?
4: Yeah, I mean, so if the best player played, which hasn't been the case in previous World Cups, we had specifically like it was a brainchild idea to have a certain amount of domestic players on the roster, which just haven't played to the standard that I got to experience in Australia, Mm. whether it was the Canberra cup or the, the Queensland cup levels like, and to bring those athletes over granted good athletes. And they may have made a commitment to the USARL, but just haven't made a commitment to the higher level game and to, walk away from their job like I did mid white collar career to really pursue this game and and to and to be better at it. And then to be forced into a situation where you're playing guys that play Super League and NRL, it just being a complete mismatch and, and then having so many guys on that roster where you need to rely on them in order to compete. It just hasn't had that 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 structure and that those requirements by our own national governing body and things just hasn't worked out for those big stage games. So I, mm. I think that's why, you know, you haven't seen us and why, and, and obviously is a reason why we didn't qualify in the last qualifiers. And it's a big reason why ha- had left unfixed, there would be a really good chance that you wouldn't see us again, but I, I'm confident in the IRL's governance change. I believe that we can find some of these North teams, Get back in the right track and if we make a commitment to having a scouting program actually having player profiles and multiple folks rating them and it not being kind of a lot of politics that you know forcing coaches to play and all that stuff and the best player plays i I think we could we could achieve a lot of really special things to see mulano you know for new zealand scoring on the edge in his natural position at wing instead of having to play half for america and like being able to pull a lot of these folks, I think even software has a uh, a US player on on the roster today. It was, it was a Duffy, I believe? And uh, yeah, and to be able to bring those folks back together and not have any restrictions or kind of baloney, you know, if we can cut through that, I think it could be really special what we do. But there's a lot of uh, ifs between now and qualifiers and. What we've always desperately needed at the national team level is friendlies. And I know friendlies cost money and I know money has been a restriction, but we have to make a commitment to that, to develop our domestic players, send them overseas. And then when qualifiers and World Cup come around, best person plays. But until we do that, it's going to be tough for us. So, but I'm, I'm hopeful with the governance change. Yeah, and that's that's all you can do.
0: You can you can hope that you know the everyone moves in the right direction forward together, and then that'll sort of grow the sport. And then obviously with what you're doing, at the the cop heads. Obviously, other clubs will be doing hopefully similar things in the future, and the competition grows and gets stronger together. And then maybe. Three five years down the line, you might be able to sort of produce a better quality of player to be able to compete at the international stage.
4: That's right, uh, and I think that's what's great about what we've done here is, again, you know, with minimal investment, have created pathways. Have, you know, put the carrot at the at the top of the pyramid, if you will, and it's something that can be repeated, and and if, especially if the Super League at all commits to defining what a Tier 2 nation is or a group of countries that we're looking to develop that, for instance, wouldn't need that 100,000-pound import player rule could create even stronger, more realistic opportunities and help grow the international community. For me, there's no joy in having Tier 2 clubs get 80-pointed 80, 80 in, a, in a World Cup and and that really only having three or four Competitive, you know, highly competitive teams, you know, that that are gunning for those the, those top spots and not seeing a great game until the last couple rounds of the tournament. We all decide that we want a stronger global game, and we're willing to make those investments, being just simple some simple rule changes and some some partnerships where time is the, the only thing I, I think we could, I think we could change this game. And I think what we're doing here, we're going to, we're going to provide the model on a way to do it with, until obviously you're like any good Disney story, the billionaire, or whoever comes in and actually makes things happen. But I think there's a way, and I, I don't think we need to just wait for someone to come in and, and specifically invest. Cause we, we just need to keep working and keep grinding with, with what we can sh- control what we can control. Which we, and we can't beat this hardened because that, that billionaire hasn't swept in and swept us off our feet. We just got to keep our nose to the grind. So, yeah, let's bring it back to, to Salford and the Cupheads. How did the uh, Salford link up happen? Yeah. So, I don't know if you're familiar with Paul's kind of background, but he led the Toronto Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. He led a, a major kind of thing with the last tackle program and going around North America to find athletes and to kind of, you know, promote the club, but ultimately finding a couple of rough diamonds that popped up in the process and ended up, for instance, Ryan Burroughs making kind of a little name for himself while he was over there playing a bit of championship with the Raiders. And um, and so that, that connection was strong. Connection with Sean was strong. And uh, I don't know if you know, but he has family and family friends that live in Sarasota, Florida, and he, he comes back every winter to the Sarasota area which is just north of Fort Myers and Venice and so that that connection was already kind of there and he reached out through Sean wasn't sure about what direction he was going to have pre-sell for a job and we and it was looking to potentially do some coaching opportunities whenever he comes over here and one thing led to another and we just we hit it off he's a great guy and uh, we just continue to message and continue to, to think. And he it's, it's in his mind. It's a passion of his cause he knows, and he has seen with the last tackle program and going around and stirring up some raw athletes, like what exists here and was keen to, to then donate some of his time to, to create this and, and work with me. And uh, we've really kind of started to develop something. I think that's going to prove to be pretty special yeah it must excite you as as a
0: as a club and as a ceo that that paul's Sort of come over and, and sort of invested in in yourselves. Obviously, to, to see the talent and everybody goes to that next level. He's doing fantastic for us playing rowley ball. We like to call it, you know, the way the way he likes to to move the ball around in a structured way. But yeah, I think he's doing a great job, and I'm sure he'll he'll continue to help you in every way, he can. Yeah, absolutely.
4: And there's going to be interesting opportunities that come up, you know, moving forward, and just even his connections back to the UK. One thing that we can do. As we can put up three imports, which is our, our, our USARL import limit here for our Copperheads team. And so there's no reason while folks in the community want to get back on Salford's radar, want to get back in the building and want an opportunity or a trial and would love to put their hand up and, and, and come play for us for three months in the summer. We're looking at that as a, as a potential next thing to talk about and potentially work on. And so we can, instead of our imports just specifically coming from Australia, like all of our imports have so far, that could be a major help as well to us. And then also give those guys a run here in the U.S. a chance to show, like, you know, how they could stand out in a competition like ours, and that they have big play-making abilities to be that big fish in a, in a small pond over here. To end the show.
0: Uh, big news in the boxing world. Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul via a split decision to rock the world of boxing. We'll be talking about that next week. So, big thanks to this week's uh, Sports on Solford State Radio. I'm Parkson, and we'll see you next week for more Salford Sporting Chat.